in Matthew chapter 18, and notice in verse 5, it says, And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Right here, a very, very strong passage about offenses, about you know how bad it is to offend a little one. You'd be better off dying than offending a small child, especially one that believes on Christ. And then Jesus goes on and he makes a statement. He says, woe unto the world because of offenses. He's just kind of pronouncing this curse uh, on the world because of offenses. But then he says, for it must needs be that offenses come. Now, why is he saying this? Because offenses are going to come. And an offense, it's something that gets in your way. It's something that trips you up, something that makes you fall. And we've got to understand all of us are going to be offended at some point in our life or, going to, or we're going to have offenses that are put in front of us. That's the world we live in. We, all of us need to understand that. But at the same time, it doesn't mean the person who does the offending just gets off scot-free either. Okay? Unfortunately, we live in a world where you are going to be sinned against. That's just, that's just life. But let me tell you, when you sin against people, there are going to be consequences. So he goes on and says, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Now, what we all like to do when we read this is when we think of Psalms 119, 165, and we run to a great peace have they which love thy law, nothing shall offend them. And now you're the bad person because you got offended. Because Bibles, you obviously don't love God. You, uh, because of the fact that you are offended. But here's the thing you got to understand about offenses is, uh, that word is used in many different ways. And I, I preached a message a while back. I think it was called like over, or over not being offended by the offensive, I think is what it was called. Something along those lines. And I covered this, but it's not a sin necessarily to say something offended me. Because in Matthew 16, verse 21, it says, From that time forth began Jesus to show his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and to be raised again the third day. Jesus must do these things. He must do this. This is fulfillment of prophecy. He has to do this. But then notice, Peter took him and said unto Peter, uh, um, took him and began to rebuke him. Imagine grabbing Jesus and rebuking him. That's what Peter did. And saying, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Now, why is he saying, get behind me? Because he says, thou art an offense unto me. For thou savest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. So Jesus told Peter, you're an offense to me. In other words, Peter was trying to get in the way of what Jesus needed to do. And therefore, he was an offense. Now, while, Je while Peter was an offense to Jesus, was Jesus offended by Peter in the sense of, did Peter, did Jesus not get to the cross? Well, obviously not. Jesus overcame it. Jesus got Peter out of his way. And so understand, there's going to be a lot of things that come your way where people are going to commit offenses against you and you can let it stop you. And you know what? They sinned against you and they may, they caused you to sin. But you know what? You still sinned too, didn't you? And you know what you need to do is you need to ask God to help you. And 
So this message I'm going to preach tonight, though, it's, it's kind of a long introduction uh, with a short message, because I want to talk about overcoming victim blaming. Okay, Victim blaming, we're seeing a lot of this today. This is just, it's really gotten bad. But, so remember, you know, an offense, it doesn't mean when you are offended. It doesn't mean the offense didn't hurt you. We can be hurt by an offense, but not offended in the sense that it stops us from serving God. You know, as a pastor, I'm going to have people that do me wrong, and it's going to hurt, but as long as it doesn't stop me from doing what I'm supposed to do, then I've not been offended in the sense of, being tripped up. You can kind of pick, you know, picture the Christian life like you would a race with hurdles. And we've all, you know, the Olympics is going on right now and you'll see people running those hurdles. You could say those hurdles are an offense that's in the way. And as they run, they got to try, you know, what do they got to do? They got to jump over it. And now some Christians are so weak, they look like a runner in one of those that just runs up their hurdle and looks at it and is like, oh, I give up, you know, and then they just turn around and walk around. Hey, at least make an effort, you know. And sometimes people trip and fall and they get hurt and they got to limp off. But, you know, at the end of the day, we've got to train ourselves to get over those things. And so since we know we're running in a race where there's going to be hurdles, where there's going to be offenses, we've got to be ready for these things so we don't get tripped up and we don't get stopped. We don't get injured. We do not want this to happen. So, But at the same time, it's important too. right now, I want to talk to you as a potential offender. Let me talk to you first as a potential offender because guess what you've all probably offended somebody before every one of us in here have probably been the cause of someone else's sin in the past where we have been the offender and being an offender is a very serious sin it's not just a sin but it's a sin against someone else it's not something where you just do something you know with your you know yourself that's wrong but no you actually end up hurting somebody else and one of the reasons being an offender is so serious is because, you know, our actions, not only are they a sin, but it causes others to sin. Okay. And so now I'm not talking about things that are not sin that are offensive today because we live in 2021. Everything's offensive today. I mean, everything. I mean, I can't do anything. It seems like I can't preach any sermon without somebody getting offended. And it's just like, you know, and I'm just to the point where it's like, you know, I can't filter the message. I can't sugarcoat everything. You know, if I try to act like, you know, the trendies and be all sweet, I'm going to offend real men. I'm going to offend, you know, real Christians, you know, that want to hear the truth. And so it's like, you know, you can't please everybody. No, I think that's probably offended a group right there. Uh, but, um, you, know, you know, but the thing is, you know, the gospel is an offense to some people. Jesus Christ is the rock of offense. So understand not every time you offend somebody are, are you sinning. And we're not going to talk about, you know, offenses that are sins and aren't sins. But if you're doing right and somebody gets offended, I mean, you know, that's not, that's not really your problem. That's their problem. But at the same time, you know, we should be aware uh, and, and take into consideration how our actions might affect others. Because we should at least make an attempt to not be offensive. And, and Romans 14 verse 18 says, for he... Uh, for he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after things which make for peace and things wherewith we may edify another. For me, destroy not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. It is good neither to eat flesh nor drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended 
or is made weak. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that which he alloweth. So, right here it's talking about how there's things that we can do that aren't necessarily sins, but they can be offensive. So what we need, should do is think about other people in these situations. We should always, whenever we do something, we should ask ourselves, how is this going to affect other people? Could this potentially trip somebody up? Could this potentially offend someone if I do this? And if we can avoid that, let's avoid it because what we're doing, we're recognizing my actions are capable of causing someone else to sin. Now, again, if somebody else sins, they sinned, they're accountable for their sin, aren't they? But do we really want to contribute to that? I mean, I'd like to do whatever I can do to stop people from sinning. And the problem with many people today is we think about ourselves way more than we do other people. We're so self-centered. Everything is about how it affects me. In 1 Corinthians 8, 9, Paul says, But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. All right, great. You figured out that an idol is nothing, and so you don't mind eating meat sacrificed to it. It doesn't hurt your conscience, but you know what? It, it hurts the conscience of your weak brother, and you're just going to go do that in front of him, and you're just going to do, you know, and not take into consideration where he came from and how he feels about these things. You know, we need, ought to be sensitive to that. If we have somebody that comes and that just gets saved, and they come from a Jewish or a Muslim background, don't invite them over the first week for a ham sandwich. Don't that you know? It, they might not be there yet. They might need some uh, time to grow. And it's like people today, they just, they don't care. Well, I know I can do it. Well, I, I guess what? I know you can do that too. I know you can eat a ham sandwich and be right with God, but don't do it in front of them. You know, be, be respectful to them. Give them some time. And eventually, you know, I think they'll get it figured out and they'll join you for a ham sandwich. They might even invite you over someday for one. That'd be a blessing. But most people, it's just... This doesn't bother me. This doesn't offend me. We should take these things into consideration, but we're often just, we're so self-centered. And so when an individual is offended and sins, they are in the wrong, but their wrong does not clear you when it comes to your wrongdoing. You still did wrong too, didn't you? You sinned and you caused them to sin. When we offend someone, there will be consequences that we have to deal with from them that are also sinful on their part. In Proverbs 18, 19, it says, A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. I mean, right there, we ought to think about that verse for a little bit. A brother offended, harder to be won than a strong city. Okay, so this is a brother. This sounds like somebody that we care about. Sometimes we offend people that we love. So we, we, we didn't even mean to, maybe. Maybe we were careless. But either way, once you offend somebody, it is very hard to win that person back. And not only that, it goes on to say their contentions are like the bars of a castle. You know what that means? They're contending with you now. They're, they're fighting you now. And you guess what? They're wrong in whatever they're doing. But just remember, the reason they're fighting with you right now is because of what you did to them. And often, the offender is the last person to ever take any responsibility in any situation. But it's like, wait, we, we messed up. And you know, I know as, I know we're fundamental Baptists and we're as close to perfection as you can get. But you know, at least that's how we act. But guess what? There are a lot of enemies of the IFB out there 
who are wicked, who are sinning. But you know what got them there? We got them there. We sinned, we offended them, and now we can't win them back. I mean, their, their contentions are like the bars of a castle. And you know, at some point, maybe what we ought to just do is reflect a little bit and ask where we messed up. And say, you know, maybe we did do something wrong. And, you know, most of the people that we have out there that are our enemies have never been a part of this church. But, you know, it might happen eventually. Okay, you know, right now, thank, thank God, we've been here for 10 years. We don't have anybody that's just out there trying to get us, you know, with the exception of maybe a couple people through YouTube comments and stuff, you know, which, well, we're really hurting from that. But, you know, but, e- but either way, you know, one of these days that may happen. It may be, and, and when that happens, we all will see them as wicked. And they, we will probably be right. But that doesn't mean we didn't do anything wrong ourselves. That doesn't mean there weren't some things that maybe we could have done better. Sometimes the offense that we commit, it might have been a willful thing where we did. We had some hostility in our hearts. We were angry at them or whatever. We did, But maybe it was an accident too. Sometimes we offend people by accident. I've offended some people by accident before where I, I, you know, I, just, I didn't think about what I was doing. I didn't think it through. I didn't realize how it looked, how it came across. But it was like it was too late. They were offended. And can't, can't win them back at this point. And so the, uh, we're going to have things like that. And you know what we don't want to do? You know what we do not want to do when that happens? We don't want to go attacking them. You know, what, you, know, we, you know what we can just do? We can just be sad. If we apologize and it, it's just not enough for these people, you know what we just need to do then is just move on and pray for them. And it is, it's just disgusting. I mean, I've seen some of these situations where, I mean, people from a church are just viciously pouncing on someone that used to go to their church. And it's just like, how do you go, and and sometimes within a week, it's like, how do you, I don't understand how you go from sitting in church with somebody for, for, you know, and loving them to a week later, just pulverizing them publicly on social media. That is a foreign thing to me. That, that is a foreign thing to me. I mean, even other preachers that I've been friends with, I remember when Garrett Kirchway went down, I was sad about it. I remember the next day, you know, Adam Fannin, I remember he put a video out there making fun of him. He had like his body, his head on a robot body or something like that. And I'm just like, what in the world? I mean, hey, I'm still sad about this. You know, well, he was evil. But I didn't think that yesterday. And it takes me a little more than 24 hours to just really start hating somebody. You know, and, and you know what? And I hate to admit it, but sometimes there's people that turn out to be bad and I still have a hard time hating. And you know what? I'm probably considered a terrible person for that. I'm just a wimp and just want to please everybody and blah, 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 blah. I, you know what? I have a, there's some people I have a tough time disliking, even if I probably should. And you know what I don't feel like doing? Going around publicly hating on those people. I just think that's weird. I think that's mess. And you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. And, and frankly, too, if you did, it would embarrass me as a pastor, too. I would be very embarrassed if I saw you all participating in some of the mobs and things I've seen out there. Thank God I never see you all doing that. But I would be embarrassed as a pastor. It really is, it would be a humiliating thing. I can't imagine pastoring people like that. Uh, I think I would get offended. 
and, and go find a different church somewhere. I'm going to go find some human beings uh, to pastor. I'm tired of pastoring jackals and hyenas. But anyway, so probably offended a few more people right there too. I mean, I'm you know, going to have more contentions out there. But you know, no matter how good of a Christian you try to be, you're going to have situations like this where you mess up, where you hurt someone who is a brother and damage might be done that you're never able to repair. And so while, while this is reality and this is life, we still got to understand this is serious. I get it. People need to get over it. I get it. People need to not be so sensitive. That, that, that's true. That's a fact. If, if, I, if I sin and somebody else gets hurt and they start sinning, they're going to be worse off than I am. But at the same time, I still did bad. And we've got to recognize that there's a price tag that comes with that. And it does, it amazes me how some Christians are just never able to admit any wrong in anything. And you would think we would be the first ones ready and willing to do that. You would think the people who preach salvation by faith, zero works. You'd think we'd be the first ones to recognize guilt. But yet at the same time, we're often the last because we're IFB and we go soul winning, therefore everything we do is justified. And it's you know absolutely ridiculous. But ultimately it is ultimately it is your responsibility as an individual not to be offended. And if you are offended, you will suffer. But that doesn't mean the offender is in the clear too. They need to get these things right. And so the thing that I'm seeing a lot these days is this victim blaming, you know, and where someone gets offended because a great wrong was done to them. I mean, they were they were treated bad. And you know, folks, I get, let me you know when I hear these people talk about the IFB and how they were treated bad, I usually believe them. You know why? Because I've had some experiences of my own. Okay, I've, and I'm not going to tell my stories again because they're boring, and uh, you know I don't I don't feel like you know doing the pity party thing. But at the end of the day, you know, I have always done what I do as an IFB person because I believe in it. Okay? I, I believe. The doctrines, I believe in this way of life. And so whenever I've been done wrong by the IFB, I've never been tempted to just like throw out my King James Bible and, you know, start dressing like a homo and, you know, all the things that people seem to immediately do when they get offended. You know, I, I, I've not done that. But at the same time, you know, if I, if I wanted to, I could make some good excuses. I could tell some good stories. I could tell some stories about some altar calls where I've been in the audience and crazy manipulative things have done. I've told some stories. I try not to repeat stories, but uh, I've probably told all my good altar stories where weird things would take place and weird things would happen. And, and folks, some of the stuff that goes on in church is just weird. We were just watching the video. Uh, some of the, uh, We were coming back from soul winning of a church where they wanted the Holy Spirit to break through. And so they literally had the women march around the auditorium and open Bibles praying and they just kind of went around the auditorium doing that, and a spirit broke through. <laughs> and, and it was bizarre. It was weird. Everybody's screaming and going nuts. It was weird stuff. Folks, if I was, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking about that too. You know, I, I'm imagining I'm a newly saved person, and I went to that church. You know what? I'm never going back to a Baptist church again after that. There's, I think it was a Baptist church. It, it kind of looked like one. It had an Israeli flag directly behind the pulpit, so it was probably a Baptist church, unfortunately. But I, I'd probably never go back again. Now, if, if that was me, that would be wrong. 
I'm, you know, I mean, it wouldn't be wrong to not go back to that church, but to never go to a Baptist church again, that would be wrong. I'm going to miss out on a lot of great teaching. I'm going to miss out in a fantastic way of life. Why? Because some people offended me by that. And I, you know, I believe they're going to pay for that, but, I, but that person's going to pay too. These things are, they are very serious. And we just, as, as Baptists, we've got to just start acknowledging sometimes we get out of line. Sometimes we do things that probably hurt people. And this, this is just kind of narcissism 101. You know, the narcissist, they're, one of the things they're known for, they love to provoke somebody to attack. They will, they will provoke you to attack them. And then when you attack them, they're the victim. I mean, that is a super common thing to do. And, I mean, that happened recently when Aaron Thompson went after me out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. I haven't talked to the guy, done anything in months. And, they, and then he gets, you know, negative feedback from it. And then all of a sudden he's being attacked. It's like, really? And then people were blaming me for the attack too. It's like, I wasn't doing anything. But, you know, here he is provoking. And you know what? He shouldn't have because I've gotten been looking into stuff <laughs> and it ain't going to be pretty all right because eventually people do they hit back i just have to figure out how to do it without sinning because i don't want to get in the flesh okay but there will be a reckoning all right let's just mark that there youtube uh you know it, it's common man but that's that's how people do these things okay and apparently i got mentioned again today all right i haven't got to listen to that yet i'm, I'll be, I'm sure i'll be blessed by it and uh you know and yeah, there's going to be some repercussions and it will be him getting attacked. Listen, that is the way the IFB is. That, and that is wrong, folks. You cannot do that. We cannot go hurting people and then when they turn around and do something back, we act like we're the victim. We, we were the offender. It was wrong that they got offended and they gave up and they quit doing things. That was wrong but we still were wrong too, and we've got to own up to these things. We've got to recognize we've done these things wrong. You know, and I mean, I'm already seeing people too just going nuts on Leslie Romero. I mean, folks, why wouldn't she be offended? You think about what that woman went through. I don't agree with anything she's from, you know, what she's doing, the direction she's going. I think there's probably going to be a lot of sin that takes place and what she promotes from, from all appearances. It does not look like anything good is going to come from what she's doing. But you know what? I have a tough time not looking at that and saying, you know, that was, I wonder what we could have done a little bit different because I, I'll just, you know, let me just be very honest about that whole situation. When that came out, I just wanted to pretend I never knew Donnie Romero. But what about her and the kids? You know, it's not her fault. Husband's a scumbag. You know, and that he did all these things. Obviously, she didn't know this stuff was going on because she told on him when she found out. And wasn't that the right thing to do? And folks, that was a horrible situation. I mean, living with an abusive man like that, somebody that's that wicked, and somebody too, you know, who's uh, higher up in the I new IFB and all that. And so why wouldn't she associate all that time living with him to, with the new IFB? It's not, it's not fair. It's not, you know, nobody in the new IFB teaches you to choke your wife and steal money from the church and see hookers. And all. Nobody, nobody does that. 
But, you know, you, we've got to understand she's going to have some negative feelings. And you know what we should be doing? We should be praying for her. We should be shedding tears for her. You know, and um, and honestly, I don't even know. I don't, I don't, I don't really know what we could have done different. I, I know doing nothing, you know, probably wasn't the best thing to do. But I can't help but look at that situation with her and think, you know what? We, you know, we probably participated in offending her. And now she's going down a path that I don't think will bring her any happiness. You know, I would love to see, uh, you know, her, you know, stay on the right path and, you know, get in a good church and live a happy life. That's what I want for. But you know what? To just viciously go after somebody like that who's been greatly offended, that's very off-putting to me. I think it's pretty repulsive. And um, I would just rather ignore what's going on. That, that, that's what I would rather do. Uh, you know, and if, if, if she were to hear this, I would just say to her, you know, I'm sorry we didn't do anything to help. And, I, and, and I'll tell you why. It's because I just didn't know what to do. I really didn't know what to do in that situation. Um, I think most of it was just embarrassment because of Donnie Romero and any connection to him. But um, those are hard situations too, folks. And everybody, everybody needs to show a lot of grace with everything that went down there on both sides. You know, that was a tough situation to handle. Um, I don't know. I, I, I can't stand up here today and tell you everything that should have been done in that situation. But you know what I, I want to do? I'd like to give some grace to people. I'd like to give grace to the pastors that stepped in and handled the situation. I'd like to give some grace to her. You know, I think, you know, I don't want to give much grace to Romero, Donnie Romero, but um, I don't know. I, I think I think in this situation, I'm going to just not attack because um, I think wrong's been done on our end. And I definitely think wrong's been done in the way people have attacked her, you know, just going after the motivation for why she's doing these things. I'll tell you why she's doing these things, because she's offended. She got offended, and it's, it's serious. We should take this serious and, uh, and really just shed a tear over what's going on there. And so, um, but all of this really is kind of, you know, introduction. And I don't really want to preach at the offenders tonight. That's kind of what I've been doing, trying to make you feel bad in areas where you've probably offended, you've probably messed up. But the fact is, offenses are going to come. You know, woe unto that person that brings the offense. Uh, you know what? I said, I mean, you know what might happen as a result of our participation in that offense? She's probably going to lump us in as a cult and talk bad about us. You know, my wife was on a, on a show with her, so it'll be real easy to show the close connection, everything there, and say all kinds of bad things about us, and everybody will believe it. And, uh, you know, and if that happens, well, you know, we didn't really do much to help when that went down, so I guess we're just going to have to listen to this. And um, probably, just, probably just leave it at that. Uh, that's probably all we're going to do. Uh, but I, I'm not really interested in defending myself to all the Internet world all the time. But, uh, you know, I will to people here if there's ever anything. But I don't know. You know, I hope not. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think we were ever mean to her or anything like that. But my message really is to the offended. Because you know what? It's not just people like her. I'm, I'm seeing this a lot. This is something that's just been bothering me. I, I, I noticed it with people who have been offended by the IFB 
and especially to people that have been offended by things that have happened to them in the new IFB, one of the things that they constantly do is they just immediately start shedding good doctrine and then they start joining up with heretics and weirdos and all these things. And, you know, and, then, and then our side that offended them, we turn around and we pulverize them because look, that proves they're wicked. No, it proves they got offended. Yeah, and yes, they're sinning, but you know what? Can we acknowledge what we did wrong first? Can we acknowledge where we messed up first? Okay, I know, folks, I know this isn't comfortable truth right here, but this is just truth. This is the way it is. Nobody does this. This is something we need to actually look at. And so my message to the offended today is, number one, just understand God is going to get the offender. God is going to deal with the offender. Matthew 18, 7, woe unto the world because of offenses. Sounds like Jesus doesn't like offenses very much. For it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. You don't want to be that guy. And let me tell you, if you've been offended or if you ever get offended, just understand God is going to deal with whoever offended you. God sees what is being done to his children. You better believe he notices it. You better believe he's keeping track of it. And you better believe he's going to deal with it. It's going to happen. He is going to deal with it. Now, listen, you can pray to God about it. He's not going to answer this prayer like he did the one we're talking about this morning. These kind of prayers are the ones you typically have to wait on the Lord for. These are the ones that we typically have to rest in Him and wait patiently for Him and just trust Him. That's just the way it goes. I want God to take care of my enemies yesterday. But unfortunately, God doesn't do it that way. But I can promise you, He will do it. Exodus chapter 22, verse 21 says, Thou shalt neither vex a stranger nor oppress him, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. Ye shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child, if thou afflict them in any wise, and they cry at all unto me, I will surely hear their cry and my wrath shall wax hot and I will kill you with the sword and your wives shall be widows and your children fatherless. And those who have been offended, please cry out to the Lord. It says in here, if they cry unto me, God's not necessarily going to bring the hammer down on that offender unless they, the people who are offended cry unto him. You do not understand the power that you have if you are the offended. Well, the power you have to cry to the Lord and what is going to happen to those people as a result. This is a very strong promise here. But here's the sad part. Most people today, when they get offended, especially when they get offended by the IFB, you know what they do? They go down these dark paths of atheism or the recovering fundamentalists and, or whatever, things like that. And they just walk away from, they walk away from the God who could avenge them. God could avenge you. You were wronged. That was wrong what was done to you. You've been hurt. You've been offended. Did you cry out to God or did you walk away from God? You got to cry out to God. And he, he knows. I get it. You just, you know, you might just, you're, you're, you're just a little nobody in the IFB world. Nobody cares about you. Nobody knows who you are. Everybody cares about the big name pastor who called you out or said something nasty about you. Everybody's on his side. The mob's piling on you. But let me tell you, God cares about you. God knows who's in the right in that situation. I highly recommend using this tactic of calling on God, of crying out to him and God will take care of them. God will expose these people that are doing these things, you better believe it. But unfortunately, people are getting, they're getting tempted by all these former Christians that are out there. 
And it just, it makes me sick. And I've seen it over and over again where you have these people who, you know, are trying to expose all this bad stuff in the IFB, but then you go to their sites and things and they're promoting atheism, they're promoting LGBT stuff. And it's just like, you know, you could have got vengeance if you'd have stayed close to God, if you'd have cried out to God. But you know what you did? You walked away from Him. That's not the best, that is not the method. Romans 12, 19 says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Folks, vengeance belongs to God. It's His. It's His. You can't, don't go taking what's His. And if you try doing it yourself, you're going to mess everything up. You go and you try to join one of these groups out there trying to destroy the IFB so you can get vengeance. You're going to mess everything up. Listen, if the IFB is as bad as these people say that we are, you know what I recommend they do? I recommend they leave us alone and go tell God on us. And if we're that bad, He'll deal with us. But you know what, what are they doing? They're going, they're joining the enemies of God. They're joining the enemies of God and it's just making things worse. So God will make it clear in the end who is right. Psalms 37, 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as a light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Oh, it looks like that preacher that's been criticizing me. He sure is, you know, getting asked to preach everywhere. He's getting this accolade. He just got another doctor's degree given to him. I mean, all these things are going for him. Hey, don't fret about that. Don't fret about that. Listen, the more he gets lifted up, the bigger the fall is going to be when it finally comes down. Look at all these good things that are happening to him. It's going to make it all the worse when it all comes crashing down on them. And folks, it's going to come crashing down on them. It's going to happen. If they're in the wrong, if they've done these things, cease from anger, forsake wrath, fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Ye thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be, but the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotteth against the just and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. So just mark this down. When you get offended, right now, if, you, if you've been offended, right now you are in the dark. Right now you can't see what's going to happen to your offender. You can't see that. But I, I can tell you this, but at the same time, we can see it in the Scriptures. But that takes faith. And you know what the Bible tells me? That while you can't see anything with your physical eyes, I can see in the Bible that when it comes to your offender, the Lord's laughing at him. Because he knows what's coming. The Lord, he sees your offender enjoying all these wonderful things right now. The Lord sees your offender receiving praise and you know living great and eating at all the most expensive restaurants, you know, paid for by somebody else. I mean, the Lord, the Lord sees all that stuff. The Lord sees those things. Y'all are making me laugh. All right. The Lord sees those things. Now, you and I, we see that. We think, this isn't right. This isn't fair. Something needs to happen. And Lord, please use me. You know, Lord, let me be your battle axe. Let, you know, Lord, let me do something to take these people down. 
But understand, while you're sitting there fretting, and while you're sitting there being tempted to sin because of all the things that are going on, you know what? The Lord's laughing at them. He sees them stuffing their face. He sees them on their second helping of steak. He sees all that stuff that they're doing, just eating it up, loving every minute of it. He sees them lying about you. He sees them trying to hurt you. He sees all that stuff they're doing while they're, and they're, they're just laughing it up. This is just great. And the Lord's laughing because he knows what's coming. He knows what's about to go down. And you know what we've just got to do? We've got to learn to start seeing things through the Lord's eyes. And you know what? Well, I can't see it right now. You know what? I see it in his word. And I'm going to let God take care of business. You know, I'm just going to claim that and I'm going to trust that. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep being an independent, fundamental, King James only Baptist. I don't care what other people are doing. I don't care what people say about me. I'm not just going to change my doctrine. Okay? Just because I've had a few people in the new IFB come after me, I'm not going to go back to pre-trip. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, all, I'm not going to get an Israeli flag and put it up in the church because we're not popular in the new IFB anymore. I don't care. You know what? No matter how much they get out of line, they're still right when it comes to the reprobate doctrine. They're still right when it comes to salvation. I'm not going to change my position on repentance. You know, because I'm not in the club anymore. Uh, unfortunately, they're right. <laughs> you know, so uh, I'm going to I'm going to keep preaching these things, that, and that doesn't matter. But yet, people constantly they get bent out of shape with something, and they just go and they change on everything. And it's like, why were you ever even doing this in the first place? You know. And then the offenders on our side, they were just a devil from the beginning. Uh, maybe, maybe, or maybe. We offended them. Great peace, ladies, love the law like offended them. Hey, yeah, they didn't love God like love the law of God like they should have. But you still shouldn't have offended them. We still shouldn't have done that. And you know, when we have you know movement where we're constantly doing this kind of thing, sometimes you just got to step back and say, you know what? Maybe we need to check up on ourselves a little bit. I mean, boy, we're so we're real good at figuring out what's wrong with everybody else, but maybe we need to figure out what's wrong on our end and say, you know what, let's clean some of this stuff up a little bit. You know what, why don't we give people a little more grace? Why don't we give people a chance? Let me tell you, you want to know why a lot of people change on doctrine too, why they turn on a dime in these things. A lot of times they come to these churches and they're just trying to fit in. You know, they're just trying to fit in because they come from a world where nobody accepted them for who they were, where nobody loved them like a brother. They didn't have that in the world that they came from. They came from more like a gang mentality where if you don't have complete and total loyalty, they beat the snot out of you. That's what they come from. They're not used to a place where there's grace. They don't know what that's like. And so often they come in just trying to fit in. Well, you know, maybe if we actually did love these people, maybe whenever they did mess up or if they were a little bit different, we weren't all beating them down and trying to twist their arm into submission and making them just like us. Maybe these people would stick around long enough to actually get what we've got and internalize it. Maybe they would actually figure it out and really see it for what it really is. And then good luck trying to change them on these things. Folks, I can't imagine how bad I'd have to get offended to go back to preaching pre-trip. I mean, you, I can't even, I can't think of what you could do to me that would make me go back to doing that. But you know, I'm telling you, there's people out there that have gotten offended and then they go back to that stuff. And it's like, you know, that's, that's too bad. And again, and maybe it was, maybe they were, they were just looking for acceptance. They're from, they're from the gang. You know, they've got this gang mentality that everything's got to be, you know, just a certain way and just right. And they think that's what church is too. And so it, it, it takes some time. But the problem is a lot of churches are kind of like a lot of gangs. Not only if you get out of line, 
you know, we're, we're, you know, we're coming for you. You know, we're going to kick you out of the church. We're going to gang stomp you, you know, figuratively speaking. I mean, folks, man, people today are terrified. They are sitting in churches terrified of speaking the truth, doing the right thing in situations, because they know that they are going to get pulverized from the pulpit and they will lose all of their friends. And, man, what, what, you know, I'm not going to lie. You know, when people you know, get mad and they leave this church, you know, it bothers me, you know, and I'm disappointed. And you often, you know, I'll, I'll just, I'm just laying it all out. Sometimes as a pastor, you know, you wonder, you know, man, I hope they're not talking to other people in the church and trying to get other people in the church against me, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and you do, you get tempted as a pastor to just want to get up and, all right, you know, let me tell everybody everything about this person, you know, in case they're out there trying to talk to you and trying to sway you and some, you know, you get tempted to do that. But you want to know one of the biggest things that stops me from doing that is I don't want other people in this church to be terrified of leaving. I don't want people here out of fear. I don't want that. And so sometimes I do. I have to force myself to just be very silent and gracious when I don't want to be. Because I do, this is not a prison. This is, you can get in and get out as easy as you want to and hopefully not fear repercussions. But it's not like that in a lot of churches. And I think that's a shame. I don't ever want it to be that way. So the next thing you need to do as the offender, just remember, first, God's going to get the offender. But then two, you need to forget the offender. You just need to forget him. It says in uh well, I'm not going to take time to read all of it. We're running out of time. In, in Revelation 8, remember when uh, the Lord goes to the throne in heaven and it talks about the vials that had the incense where the, there was the prayers of the saints. And right before Jesus starts pouring his wrath out on the world, what does he do? He pours out those prayers of the saints. What's he doing? He's getting ready to execute vengeance because of all that's been done to him. Those prayers that you've been praying, they're being stored up in a bottle in heaven. Well, I don't want to wait till the wrath of God comes. I, you know, I want to happen now. Hey, the longer it waits, I think probably the better it's going to be. It's and, and I, I've got some prayers that are bottled up there in heaven. I, I wish the Lord would you know pour out some of those a little early myself. But you know what? He knows what He's doing. When He does it, it's going to be good. And here's the best part: we'll be up in heaven watching it. And it's like, did you see that person that got torched right there? That was from my prayer, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, well, you see that city. Uh, you know, I, I prayed. I prayed for that one. You know, that that was that was mine right there that got that done. I don't know if it's going to work that way. I hope it's something like that. But but either way, you know, it's close. We see in Revelation eighteen five it says, "For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities." That's a terrifying thought. God remembering their her iniquities, reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her, double according to her works in the cup which she has filled. Filled or her double. Sounds like God's in the business of making things right. Sounds like God's in the business of getting vengeance. It's just, we got to remember, it belongs to Him. So you know what you need to do? You need to go pray your prayer to God and then you need to forget. Forget your offender. Don't make it your mission in life to just destroy them and to take them down. You will ruin your life. If you do that, you've got to forget it. You've got to move on. And the thing we need to understand is God, God does not want you sitting around keeping score on these things. That's not going to work. You don't, when, whenever you pray to God about these things, don't sit around keeping score, waiting to see what happens. No. 
Just trust him with it. He's got it. He's got this taken care of. Yeah, you sitting And you sitting around saying you're trusting God while twiddling your thumbs and watching everything, that's not you waiting on the Lord. No, you forget it. You, you, for, you, you need to forget it. And you know what? God might, just, God might just wait until you have forgot it before he does anything. And some of you all are so desperate for vengeance, you're going to go take an amnesia pill, pill you know, right now because that's how, that's how bad. And you know what? Too bad there aren't some amnesia pills because there are some things we need to forget. We can't, but you need to, you've got to do it. God is not pleased when we take pleasure in the judgment of others. He says in Proverbs 24, 17, Rejoice not when thine enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth, lest the Lord see it, and it displease him, and he turn away his wrath from him. Fret not thyself because of evil men, neither be thou envious at the wicked, for there shall be no reward to the evil man. The candle of the wicked shall be put out. You know, and I've seen this too, where you've got people who they've been offended, and then later, you see their offender suffering, or maybe even not even suffering, maybe just getting attacked. And they're like on every YouTube video cheering it on. It's like, are you trying to stop the Lord from punishing this individual? Hey, shut up, alright? This person's a bad guy. They need to get it. And you're out there rejoicing at every little thing that happens to them? You know, that, that's not going to work. That's just going to... That's going to get you in trouble. There, we've got one troll. I delete his comments all the time. Uh, that uh, Justin Bacon. Right? He and he's a long story right there. But um, he, literally, I, I mentioned him in a sermon when I was preaching at All Scripture. And then, like right after that, it was when Aaron Thompson preached against me. And then he like sent me these messages talking about how this was God's judgment on me. And like, I mean, he was just like rejoicing and how quickly God answered his prayers and how much. And I remember thinking, this is God's judgment. I was like, this was a blessing. Now nobody thinks I'm associated. So I was like, and I didn't even have to do or say anything. And I was just, I mean, I, I got a really good laugh when I saw that. But here's the thing. If I was being judged by God in that situation, that just would have helped stop it. If God would have seen him, you know, you know, razzing me while I'm being judged, according to the Bible, God's going to turn away his judgment. So, you know, I hope if God ever does judge me, I hope Justin Bacon's watching every bit of it, and I hope he gives me all kinds of grief. I, I, and I really hope he does. In fact, if I'm ever getting judged, I'm going to call him up and be like, hey, um, I'm being judged right now. I'm suffering. What do you have to say about it? <laughs> that's that, you know, that's my plan. I've got that ready to go. It's gonna be it's gonna be good, and uh, and then it'll it'll get me out of trouble real quick. But yeah, because God doesn't like that. And so the reason many people abandon the teaching of the IFB when offended is because you know everything that they do that is IFB-ish, it reminds them of the men who taught them these things. And so it's like they want to, you know, they want to just distance themselves from them. And you know what? That just shows it was never really about Christ for you. It's like, I mean, there, I mean there's, there's people today, that, there's women out there that get triggered by seeing a pair of culottes. I mean, that's just how much, and it's like they have all these mental issues. And it's amazing how many of these people too, these former IFBers that are always talking about their therapists and their, all their medications and things that they're on. It's like, hey... When, you know, to me, part of recovery means I don't need shrinks and medication and all these things. So it's like when you actually figure out this new way that doesn't involve therapists and drugs, let me know. 
Because <laughs> right now, I don't have either of those things, and I'm doing just fine mentally. I'm sleeping just fine. So I don't think what you're doing is working. But, but at the same time, I totally understand why many have turned away from the IFB. But I just want to say, no matter what anybody in the IFB has done, the IFB is still right on the King James only issue. Right. Now, not all of them are right exactly on how they teach it, but they're right. You know, hey, no matter what our side does, we're still right on repentance. It, it doesn't justify any wrong that we do, but we're still right. Okay? We're, you know what? No matter what the IFB's done, no matter how many perverts there have been in the IFB in the past, we're still right about standards and separation. We're still right on those things. And so if you're willing to abandon all of those things just because of what someone did to you in the IFB, you just need to be honest enough to admit that you were never really a God follower, but a man follower. And that's why everything you're doing now looks just like the world. Because you're, you're just, you found a new group. That's all there is to it. You found a new group. And you, you'll never, you'll never, so you can claim to be a follower of God now, which is what everyone does, that looks just like the world, acts just like the world. But you'll never convince me of that when you walk away from clear scriptural truth only to embrace all the popular lies of the world. I'm, I'm not going to be convinced by that. So, uh, you know, it's, you know, these are, these are some hard truths here, but you know what, folks, I'm just going to tell you right now, it gets ugly sometimes in the Christian life. It gets ugly sometimes in the IFB and you better believe you're going to get offended at some point and you can't let it destroy you. And you know what? Those of you that are here, let's try not to be offensive. Let's try not to offend people. Let's try not to mess each other up. And if we do mess up and we will mess up, you know what? Instead of waiting for them, to sin as a result of the offense so we can justify what we did? How about we apologize? How about we, you know, get things right? And then maybe the sin will stop. Maybe they will not continue these things. But at some point, we just need to take some responsibility. Not all of our enemies are just because the devil's just trying to stop all the great things we're doing. No, some of them, we, we asked for it. And... Uh, I, I want to avoid as much of that as I possibly can. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I, I pray, Lord, this message um, hit home, Lord, and uh, I pray that we will apply these things in our life. I pray you'll help us to uh, work on these things, help us to acknowledge areas where we've messed up. And Lord, if there's uh, someone here that have been offended and uh, they've been hurt in the past, I pray that they'll remember these things and just they'll uh, leave these things to you. Just forget their offender. And that, uh, and just to know that you are going to deal with these things. And I pray you help us all take comfort in that. In your name we pray. Amen.